time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right. Everybody say strings attached. Strings attached. Hey, tonight and for the next weeks, I'm going to be speaking to you guys and, and just sharing some truths um, just in the way of uh, talking about sexual purity. And, and for some of you, you know, this is, the, this is the kind of the series, those of you who have been a part of maybe church or youth group for a while, it was like where you just kind of maybe check out because like you're not sleeping with 10 people, okay? Or can I just speak plainly? This is all high school people in the room. Okay, yeah, here we go. And so, so because you're not maybe having sex with 30 people at your school or uh, you're not uh, looking at pornography every single day or uh, fill in the blank, this is a series where sometimes we can just kind of tend to check out and say, all right, yeah, purity. Let me check the little purity box. Let me move on. But by the end of tonight... And hopefully by the end of the next weeks as well in months, no matter where you are in your journey of purity, and some of you, because I know your stories and I talk to you, some of you are, you know, you're doing so great in this area and you are walking in purity and you are chasing after it with all of your heart. I don't believe that every single guy is just entrenched in sexual immorality. I don't believe that because I know some of you and I know your stories. So, so, and, and, and at the same time, I'm not so ignorant or I'm not so uh, spiritually aloof as to think or believe that, you know, everything is perfect in this area. And so my encouragement to you is no matter where you are in this, in this journey of purity, that by the end of this series, you will have a very clear and concise vision of purity, of what purity looks like over the trajectory of your life. And, and that you set up yourself well, that, that you'll come out of your high school years looking back on your 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 12th grade years. And even for you, DLA, that you would be able to come out of your teen years and out of your early 20s. And, and as a 24 and a 25 and a 28 year old will be able to look back and say, my God, I am so, so thankful that I made a decision to be a pure man or woman of God. Does that make sense? And so for some of you, some of you in this room who are not Christ followers, some of you who are not pursuing Jesus, he's not your savior and your Lord. And, and I'm glad that you're here as well. My, my, the, the thing that I want to focus on, even in purity, this affects you as well, because even if you're not a Christ follower, there is some unnecessary pain that I want to, just as a youth pastor, help you to kind of circumvent and just kind of, just kind of bypass. Life is filled with enough pain without you adding to it. And so, and so we don't run from pain or suffering. We know that following Jesus, Jesus says that in this life you will suffer, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. But sometimes we can place ourselves in some positions where we go through unnecessary pain. Does that make sense to you guys? And so, so, so again, we're all over the map in this room, and I know we're all, all, over, this, all over the map in multiple arenas. Some of you, I actually have the honor of being your youth pastor. And I am so honored. That some of you, I'm just Brandon, the guy on the stage, whatever. But for some of you, you say, that's, I mean, that's my youth pastor. I'm going to listen to the things I believe that God's speaking through you and to you. And, and I'm so honored. I mean, it's a huge, huge honor. I've been doing this about seven years, over, just over seven years now. And it is the joy of my life to be able to speak into the lives of young people. And so for the next weeks, I would encourage you to allow me to be your pastor to allow me to speak some, some truths that I've just kind of found in the Word of God, some truths that I've experienced in my own life, and some truths that I've just learned from different mentors and my own youth pastor and young adult pastor and college pastor going through college. I was able to, by the grace of God, be able to walk in a level of purity that I feel like, man, God, I want that to be reproduced in the lives of those who are following me. It's that whole principle where Paul says, hey, follow me as I follow Jesus Christ. And so, so I, I want to encourage you right on the front end, well, right on the front end of this series to, 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 to open up your heart. You know what I'm saying? Open up your mind, open up your ears. I'm telling you that for the next weeks, this is one series that you don't want to check out on. 
You don't want to be so enthralled with the person next to you that you actually miss something that God wants to say to you and what God wants to speak to you. And so listen up, look up, look alive, and get ready to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say through you and to you um, in this series. So before we start, I need, um, I need about five volunteers. And, and this, this, this is what I need from you. I need you to be a little bit... Um, I need you to have a little bit of uh, maybe ability to think on the fly, maybe a little bit of theatrics to you where you can kind of make up stuff kind of on the fly. I know who some of you are. So I want a few, a couple DLA and then a couple um, of leader and a couple of high school too. So, so this is what we're going to do. Aubrey, can you find me? Just get five people, just a mix. Let's do DLA and then high school as well. So let's do like three, like guys, girls, like whatever, real, real quick. Okay. Come up here and then grab a chair. Okay. Real, 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 real quick. Okay. Here you go. Oh, there's a mic. We need some girls. Come on. We don't have it. Aubrey, right over here somewhere, maybe? There she is. Come on. We don't have a lot of time, so come on. Pull her up here. Aubrey, get this girl on the blonde hair. Oh, Tatiana, get up here. The father of life, he freely gives all his gifts. From mountains to rooftops, short hills and tall cliffs. We're yelling out to every nation. He wants your all, man, no more for stalling. Stand up and he will spark it. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. So this is what's going to happen. I need for you guys, and you can pass the microphone around. We don't have to go necessarily in order, but we do need to have some type of flow here. And so, so what happens is, you guys are basically, uh, let's say, on the set of uh, like writing a movie script, okay? And so I'm going to start off this script like with some scenario, or maybe someone like can give me a scenario here. So you'll start, the, we'll start off, and then you'll basically just add pieces of the story as we go along. Does that make sense? Is it one word at a time? Uh, no. Okay. Right. It can be a phrase. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll start it off. Um, so let's see. Um, let's think here. Um, there, uh, there was a 16-year-old boy in Kansas. Go. Okay. Anybody? Oh. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and he uh, had a dog and played soccer. I don't know. He loved the dog so much, but there was this girl at school. What? <laughs> you ruined everything for me. <laughs> Shut up. The only, okay. only, there's no um, side comments. Go. He very much liked the girl. But then he found out the girl hated dogs. <gasps> ooh. Everybody go, ooh. And all soccer players. So he went for a walk one day, and and then it hit him. (laughs) The tornado. (laughs) Killed his dog. (laughs) (laughs) And took his soccer ball away. So he decided to eat pizza. And he just ate his feelings away. Because he was so lonely. And he needed comfort. (laughs) Because his dog got killed by a tornado. (laughs) Um, And he went... Let's resolve this. Here we go. Where's the plot going? Climax. (laughs) So the girl came over to say hi. Uh, She felt so sorry about the dog. Even though she hated it. (laughs) And finally... She left his house and bought him a cat. <laughs> Y'all give it up for this. Y'all give it up for him. You guys can take your seats. <laughs> so, so in this, so in this, in this, cre- in the creation of this, of this movie script, you guys. How many of you know it's a whole lot easier to plan a make-believe story and ensure a good ending than that is to do in your own lives? How many of you know that? 
so much easier to plan in a make-believe story to kind of wrap up the summary and make it into a, into a wonderful story and even kind of end it on an upbeat. It's so much easier to do that in make-believe than it is to do it in our personal lives. And let me just tell you, in, your, in real life, you don't have the ability to just kind of make it up on the fly as you go. It's going to take some thought. It's going to take some planning out. A couple of years ago, Desperation Conference, I was so blessed to speak at something that we called in one of our breakout sessions, our vow sessions, and I shared this. Some of you were in there. While purity is a depreciating commodity from the world's perspective, it is just the opposite with God. The deeper you go in purity, the more valuable not only your relationship with God becomes, but also your relationship with others. So while purity says it's no big, while, while the culture says it's no big deal, whatever you do with your body, whatever you, whatever you look at with your eyes, whatever you allow to come out of your mouth, that's no big deal. It's a depreciating commodity. God says it's the complete opposite in the kingdom of God. That purity appreciates over, t- over time. It gets more and more valuable as you carry this gift that Jesus has given to you. Can I get an amen? And so, and so, and so in this, in this message tonight, the big deal, and I'll give you a title here in just a second. I want to share with you a story that came out, actually an article that came out. There's this guy named Anson Mount, and hopefully you don't know his name because he's a pretty bad dude. Uh, years and years ago, he was one of the main contributing editors of, of, of Playboy magazine. And so he, he was very, very involved with, with the distribution of Playboy magazine in the early years. And, and so he wrote, he wrote a book, and it's known as the Playboy Philosophy. And he says this in it. He says, in the last 20 years, we have not gone through a sexual revolution as much as a revolution in our search for intimacy. And this is true, you guys. Because make no mistake about it, every single teenager, every single young adult, every single adult has a desire for intimacy. The way in which we we feed that desire has everything to do with our relationship with God. So again, for this series, I'm going to challenge every single one of you to fess up, to own up to, to be real with that need for intimacy. That God-shaped void on the inside of your heart and receive what God has to say to us over these next three, four weeks or so. So you, so you see, just about all of us wear a, a mask or, or two. There's the us that comes to DSM. There's the us that shows up at school on Monday morning. There's the us on a Friday night. There's the us who we present on a Saturday night. And so what I'm going to challenge you to do through this series is to drop the mask and to let God do the work that he desires to do on the inside of your heart. This is not complicated. This is not, uh, basically tonight, let me just let you know, I'm going to be sharing one major verse. And this, this one verse years ago, the Lord, as I came across it in scripture, it just revolutionized my understanding of who God had called and created me to be. So it's Colossians chapter 2. I would suggest, if you don't take notes ever in your life, in me, I would suggest, they're going, there's going to be at least one thing that God's going to say to you that you're going to want to remember. I promise you, not just weeks, but literally years from now, because it's truths and principles from the Word of God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10 says, And in Him, Him being Jesus, you have been made complete. And he, Jesus, is the head over all rule and authority. In him, you have been made complete. In Jesus, in Jesus Christ, in the son of the living God, something that has been done in the way in which God created us and created him. Whenever we accept him into our lives and he becomes our Lord, in him we are inserted in the family of God. And Paul writes to the church at Colossae and say, let me just summarize this whole thing up for you. In him, you have been made complete. And he is the head. Over all rule and authority. I want to speak to you tonight from a message. This is week one of Strings Attached. And just simply title this message, Dating Lies. Everybody say, Dating Lies. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for the power of your word to encourage us, inspire us, correct us, strengthen us, empower us, equip us to be all that you have called and created us to be. 
I pray that over the next 20 minutes or so, Lord, that you would speak truths from your word that would change our lives forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so dating lies. And of course, that's a little bit of a play on words because some of us are literally and have been literally dating a lie. Whether that is physically in another person or it can be just a mindset that you have somehow adopted because of whatever. Because you heard the lyrics to your favorite song, which God help you if you're getting your theology from from secular music or some Christian music. Because some of them just as off as the rest. But um, that's another story. But 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 if you get your whole the, the whole of your belief system from just music that you hear or some reality show. It brings us into a place where we literally have been dating a lie spiritually, mentally, philosophically. And so one of the one of the lies, one of the lies that I, that I think that, that, that some of us, that our culture wants us to date and eventually marry and have a long term relationship with, not just a one night stand, is is the idea that if I can just find right person, then everything is going to work out right in my life. Because I finally found what I'm looking for, or I still haven't found. I'm just searching. I'm just searching for that one. Oh, maybe that's her. Oh, maybe that's him. He's real cute. She's real fine. She's real nice. If I can just find the right person, everything will just kind of work out right in my life. See, you see, many people share their bodies because they're afraid to share themselves. And so, so, so our, our needs, it's, it's, so, it's so pronounced. You guys, there's one recent study comprised of thousands of teenagers and unmarried young adults as well. So young 20-somethings. And they were asked to select six different things that were most important to them from a list of 20 different choices. The results overwhelmingly above everything else, 67%, was a close, intimate relationship. A close and intimate relationship. Sex only made it to like number six on that list. So five other things, four more things, and then the number one top thing was a close and intimate relationship. In the, in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 26, the story is told, uh, many of us have read it and, and heard messages about it before, was, is the story of Jacob and Esau, two, two brothers. Actually, Genesis 25 is where the story starts. Jacob and Esau, and, and at just the right time, Esau had, had, was tempted to give up his birthright over a bowl of, of, of lentil soup. And, and, and again, you've got to understand that in the Old Testament, the birthright was literally everything. It was wealth, it was blessing, it was prosperity. And so from that story, we see that Esau literally gave away, in a moment, gave away one of the most valuable things in his possession for one moment to, to, to satisfy a need. And from that principle, we can just kind of deduce a, a hungry need is a dangerous need. A hungry need is a dangerous need. And we look at Esau and we say, that's pretty stupid, right? I mean, literally, he had all of this wealth and blessing and prosperity that came from his father. And he just kind of flippantly just gave it away for a bowl of soup. I mean, could he have not waited and made his own bowl of soup and kept all his wealth? So, so, so we say pretty stupid decision, but, but, but stupid is giving away your body in hopes of holding on to a relationship. But, but, but believe someone when they tell you you're the only one that I've done this with or, you know, it's, it's thinking that 90 seconds of sexual pleasure will be an answer to a nine or to nine emotional junk on the inside of us. It's not realizing that true character is who you are in the dark outside of church and outside of your Christian friends. See, it's forgetting that the very thing that you give away in order to keep a person will ultimately be the very thing that contributes to your losing them. Because after all, now you'll be conquered just like everyone else. See, if you need to date, you need to be married to feel fulfilled or loved, you're not ready to date. 
and you're not ready to be married. See, you guys, rest assured, there is a season of life for dating. There's a season of life for, for marriage even, but, but I want you to have the best story possible. So, because one day you'll meet Mr. or Mrs. your better half. Dear Mrs. My Better Half, you seem so very far away, but when I'm sitting here in my lonely head wishing I knew the shape of that lovely face, I swear to you until that day, I'll save what's left of the gift God made. I am quite ashamed to say, this is a gift I already gave. I know that God already forgave, but I'm still terrified to see your face. I know it's no longer fully intact. I thought I knew better than God. But my hurt, my relationship with both him and you, and I have to accept that fact. I gave in to my sin, traded God's truth for a lie, casting off all inhibition. Who knew that I'd arrive standing there in that glass, looking into my own eyes, realizing it was me looking back that I could barely even recognize. The image of me is not what I thought I'd see. I didn't see the man that I believed myself to be. Not a man. At least not much of one. Not proud and strong, a little more weak and lost, but overcome by sin and lust. I found myself left dead to rust. So then I prayed. God, I never want to do that again. Give away a part of my soul, my purity, for a few moments of ecstasy. Oh God, I made myself sick that night. And it haunted me for months. But I hit rock bottom then so you could start building me back up to lay a foundation in me as a man of integrity to establish the man of God that you always knew I'd eventually be. A strong foundation built brick by brick, you by my side guiding. A foundation built for honoring you. A foundation for my family. Dear Mrs. My Better Half, I must ask for your forgiveness. For I was just a stupid boy who proved that he was foolish. But from this day forth, until I've met you, it's still far off and it will be hard. But God will bless both me and you. We still to meet or at least recognize the shape of our better half. I know not the date. I know not the place, but I'll wade my way through this loneliness till I'm standing there all dressed in black, doing my best to look presentable. And you in your dress, and I've lost my breath knowing that I see the beauty of my Jesus Christ there in your eyes, shining bright enough to blind me. Knowing that God had planned for this. That all my mistakes still led to this. That everything worked out through all that mess. And that my beautiful new bride graced me with this. I know that God's still preparing you and I to meet. He's getting our hearts ready to work in perfect harmony. But if he gave you to me now... I know we're both not ready because I know I'm not. God's working on my pride so I can be the man I need to be. To be the husband that he knows I can be.
see, you guys, all of this really does come back to the reality of who we really are and our identity in Christ. I say this all the time, you guys, but really, I really, really need you to let it sink into your hearts. If you don't know who you are, then there are about a dozen people who I believe sent specifically by hell to tell you who you are and slap and attach a false identity to your life. And if you leave these people in your life long enough, there are strings that are attached. And so the whole idea of this series is that the world tells us that we can, we can dip around in sexual sin and immorality and, you know, we, it's no big deal. And, you know, we can date a thousand people and make out and, you know, have sex or come really, really close to, but like, you know, not all the way. And, and, and there's, there's no strings attached. And we know that that's basically an idiomatic phrase or just a metaphor for saying, you know, that there's no real consequences. But we're here in this purity series to tell you. I cannot make a decision for you. I cannot force you into anything. I can only present truth to you. But I'm here to tell you that strings are attached to the decisions that you make more than any other area of your life in the area of sexual purity. Strings are attached. And let's just be clear about this. This works for the good and this can work for your bad. There are strings attached every time you make a decision, every young man in this room to say, you know what? I am, I'm just, I'm not going to their website. I'm just not, go, I don't have to spell it out for you. I'm just, I, that's not who I am. I'm just, no, I'll, I'll click it off. I'll walk away. I'll go somewhere else. I'll throw away this cell phone. I'll get rid of this battery. I'll do whatever I have to do. And strings are attached every, every time you make a decision to say, no way, not me. Strings of righteousness are attached. Strings of blessing are attached. Let me just tell you that. but for every person that you have in your life. And so, girls, it, it, it's so much deeper than, than just the physical. You have to understand this, that you are tripartite in being. What that means is you are body, you are soul, you're spirit. You're a spirit, you live in a body, and you, you have a soul. And so there are strings that are attached themselves, strings attached to your soul based on the decisions that you make. While there is grace and forgiveness and mercy and God cleans you, sometimes there are strings Strings that have been attached because of the decisions that you have repeatedly made or because of the people that are tied to your life. Does this make sense to you? And so this is why even for those of you who've been on the dating roller coaster, even whenever you say, okay, this is over, there are strings that have literally been attached to your soul and theirs. You guys get this? And so, so, so let's amplify it whenever you enter the sexual arena with someone. I mean, it's literally like a, the, I mean, you guys walked in the, in, the, in the lobby tonight and you saw this, all the strings that are hanging. The DLA spent literally hours hanging all of that stuff because we wanted you to have a visual. We wanted you to remember whenever you make decisions to connect with other people, there are strings And this can be, again, for your good, or it can work against you. And I think that so many of us in this room, it has worked against us for so long that you actually believe that that is your norm. But I'm here to serve notice on hell and the crazy way that you've been thinking to realize that that's not God's best for your life. And so, and so I have to be very poignant and very straight because literally I'm, com I'm competing with an entire culture. I'm competing with, with rock stars and, and movie stars and athletes and, and musical geniuses and, and all of you who say it's really, it's just no, it's no big deal. I mean, there's grace, right? <laughs> We're not under the law, <laughs> And, 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 and then we have multiple voices saying, you know, you can just, as long as you're not like physically with somebody else, I mean, you're like, you're okay. But, 
But, but girls, what you have to understand is just, it just, I mean, sometimes pornography for you just takes on a different, it just takes on a different venue. Maybe it just takes on a different vehicle. And so you've got to guard what, what, what movies you're just watching over and over and over again and what books or what novels you're just reading over and over and over again and what you're allowing your heart to be swept away into because there are strings attached. And so, so, so God has set this up so well. And we're going to go deeper into this, especially, especially next week. And that's why all the junior highs should be out of the room. Because we, I mean, and I know everybody's on different levels too. But you guys, I feel like the majority of you, even at the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade levels, are dealing with things, even, even if you're not in a public school or if you're a private school or homeschool, whatever, that you still have friends, you're still immersed in a certain culture. That is preaching a very different message than the God of the universe. And so I've got to preach very, very clearly. I want to, 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 to demonstrate this very, very clearly, you guys. The strings are attached. And so, so, so God, whenever he came up with this whole idea, and we're talking about this more of sex, there was, there was a reason. It was so that good, godly strings could be attached so that soul ties could be formed between you and your spouse and the Lord himself because in doing that you bring him glory you bring him honor in the season so the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing and so the whole idea even of and and some of these things are just going to be basically principles you guys and and this is why I'm so, it is so rare to find, I'm not saying they don't exist, it's so rare to find someone at the 16, 17, 18 year old, even 15 year old levels, very, very rare, but even that, that, that has their identity so rooted in Christ and can actually, Colossians 2 and 10, they just ooze this principle, in Christ I am complete. Which is why for me as a youth pastor, and trust me, I've done this long enough. I've seen the relational ebbs and flows. I've done weddings. I've been there at breakups. I, I mean, I've helped break up people. I've put together. Trust me. And so, and so the, 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 really, the big deal, everybody asks, when do you know when you're ready to date? Pastor Brady, why don't you think that I'm ready to date? You don't want me to have any fun. You're so lame. You want me to have a boring life. No, you missed it. But you're not ready today until Colossians 2 and 10 is a banner that waves over your heart and your life until you actually. And there are some signs that accompany this. Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, in Christ, I'm complete. Yeah, no, 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 no. You didn't get it because there are accompanying signs. There is fruit. Whenever you are in a crowd, whenever someone asks you to do something, you don't just flippantly just kind of, oh, no big deal. You're not waved. You're not tossed to and fro, as scripture says, by every wind of doctrine. You're not out there doing all this other crazy. No, no, no. Because you know in Christ, I am complete. And so if I enter a dating relationship, I will leave this person better than how I found them. And if they are not pursuing Jesus with all of their hearts, I don't have the time of day for them. Because I cannot. Because strings are attached. And if we're going in two separate directions, there are strings that are being attached. And so I'm being pulled back as much as my yes is, 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 is alive in my heart. In my physical actions, I'm doing everything. You guys get this? So in, in Christ, I am complete. And then, then, then you begin to take on it. It, it. It's a totally different mindset. You, you enter dating even saying, you know what? You're a great person. Let's have a friendship and, and let's pursue God and, and let's have accountability. And we're not doing one thing in the darkness and doing something else in the light. And I'm not rebelling against my parents and I'm not ditching all the rest of my friends. All of these different things. I could give you lists and lists and lists. But so many have done it, have done it wrong for so long. You actually think that that's the norm. And you think that everybody else is just being dramatic. What fool you are. But the good thing about foolishness is that you can choose wisdom at any time. Foolishness just says, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I want to grow. I want wisdom. And so it's not that. So, 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 so we'll talk a lot about a lot of different things. You've, do you, I mean, whenever it comes to the, to the sexual arena, whenever it comes to purity... There's so much to be said. The big idea of tonight, you guys, is for you to know that, you know what? No one can complete you except for Jesus Christ himself. 
Honestly. And I just, that's not just some cute little mantra that youth pastors make up to keep people from dating. This is biblical because Colossians 2 and 10 says, in Christ, I am complete. And, and until you can find your way into that reality, and this is not a one-time thing. So if you, if you kind of like just started getting a quiet time with Jesus, you ain't ready to date. If you don't have a consistent quiet time with Jesus Christ, you're not ready to date. If you can't show up to church weekly, if you have a job and you're not tithing, if you're not being responsible with the time and the treasure that God has given you, how do you plan to be responsible with another person's life and their time and pouring into them? You guys, I've preached purity messages for years and years. And I'm just so, it's so beautiful whenever you can see teenagers who actually embody these principles. And they are out there. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I know them. I can call them on the phone right now. I've done their weddings. And, and, and look to whenever they really begin to capture a hunger for purity. Some of the most amazing guys, young guys that I know in their early 20s are guys who made a decision at some point, whether it's junior high or high school, and it doesn't matter what they've done but before, but they, but they made a, a, a decision and said, you know what, but from this point forward, because I can't change the past, the past is the past. You see what I'm saying? God is so much more concerned. Andrew hit the nail on the head tonight. He's so much more concerned about your future than he is your past. But right here, presently, You've got to make decisions because everything is not just going to work itself out. You've got to have a plan for purity. I have sat with too many girls. I've sat with too many guys in the trenches of condemnation and shame and, 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 and sexual immorality where it was only just supposed to start like here and that's as far as it was going to go. And then somehow I ended up all the way over here. And then years later, I've drifted all the way here. And so it's like the cross is over there and some kind of way I ended up in the back of the room and I never ever imagined that I would get all the way there but, but, but I just started here and it was the gray areas and it was the, it was the slow, slow compromises and it was the, well, they don't really know what they're talking about. I'll just kind of figure this out on my own. And then here we are in the depths of shame and despair and pain. And I'm just trying to, as a youth pastor, say, let's avoid the unnecessary pain. Life will bring you enough hardships. Trust me, life does not need your help in teaching yourself lessons. The lessons will come. The mistakes will be made. But let them be mistakes and not nose dives into sin and immorality. That's all I'm saying as Christ followers. So now, all this time I've been just speaking to, to everybody. Now I want to speak to you as a Christ follower. If you are a Christian, we live our lives differently from the world. We, we, we don't, well, all my friends are doing, well, all your friends aren't on their way to heaven. Some of them are on their way to hell. And so, so, so there, there's a difference in the way that we do life and we live in such a way that the world says, how do you do it, man? And so, yes, I will, I will talk about even dating principles over the next three weeks because as much as I, as much as I tell you, you know what I'm saying? These are, these are things to look for. I know that some of you are just like, well, I'm in the 1%. I'm there. I'm ready. You know, and so I'm going to give you even just some principles there because I, want, I love you guys. This is real for me. Youth ministry is not just a gift. I mean, I, I actually, I look into your, uh, into your eyes. I look, I look at this crowd and I see destiny. I see plans that the Father has written out. I see big dreams. I see callings. I see purpose. A youth pastor said this back whenever I was in high school, and it rings true today. The quickest way to derail your destiny is to date the wrong person. The quickest way to derail you from the plans and the purposes of God is to get linked up and start dating the wrong person. You guys okay? I'm not mad, by the way. I'm mad at the devil. But I love, I love, I love you guys. And I want to see the very best that God has in his heart, head, mind, spirit, soul that he has written out from the foundation of the world for you to walk in. I want you to be able to walk in that. 
But what happens is whenever you're dabbling in sexual immorality and impurity, it is literally like a sinkhole, like quicksand, because you get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you get to a place, and we'll look at this over the next few weeks too. I'm just giving you a preview because I want you to be here. I want you to invite your friends, whether they're saved, lost, having sex, pure, addicted to pornography, the purest person you know, bring them all. Because, because Jesus said this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so some of us are so entrenched in sexual immorality that you're just like, I don't know why I can't feel God. I, I don't know why. I don't know. And it's because you're not walking in purity. And it's not to beat you over the head with it, but it's just to explain to you, this is why there's no real connection between your heart and the heart of God. Or you can't really see. It's all fuzzy. What purity does, it just, it, it, it's, like, it's like, like a windshield wipe, a really good windshield wipe, and it clears the glass, and you're able to see your father for who he actually is. And like Anna was sharing with us earlier, he actually wants to be seen. He wants you to hear his voice. He isn't playing hide-and-go-seek with you. He ain't got time for that. You see what I'm saying? Anybody got time for that? He, 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 he wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to know the plans that he has for you. You're playing a guessing game all through your teenage years. There is a plan. There is a marked out pathway that the Lord himself has written. Started writing over your life. It's called destiny. I believe in it, you guys. This is kingdom stuff. And so we've got to go from, well, I've got a cool little local church youth group to, man, no, no, no. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And where I go, the kingdom of God is. Because I'm a part of, I live in a different reality. I live by a different set of rules. Do you understand this? My life is governed by kingdom principles. And so I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care what my school is doing. I am not of this world. I am of another world. Whenever I was born again, I was inserted into the spiritual kingdom of God. And so I live by a different set of rules. I live by different principles. You understand this? So tonight, that we don't walk away thinking, ah, no strings are attached. I want the worship team to come up tonight, and I just want us to, only just scratching the, the surface here, you guys. In Christ I am, in Christ I am complete. If you try to find intimacy, you'll want to write down at least part of this. If you try to find intimacy with another person, can we put those boards maybe on the floors, you guys, or maybe at the edge of the of things there? We, I want to keep that up, and we worked really hard on that. If you try to find intimacy with another person before doing the hard work, underscore here, hard work of achieving a sense of identity on your own, all your relationships will become a painful attempt to complete yourself. It's incredible mentor in my life. Jeannie Mayo said that after 40 years of youth ministry, this is what I would say to young people concerning dating. I'll say it again. If you try to find intimacy with another person before doing the hard work of achieving a sense of identity on your own, all your relationships would become a painful attempt to complete yourself. And it is painful. I think that there are people in this room who would say, Amen. Very painful. Very painful. So going back to this lie that I'm just kind of exposing tonight. Really have to get this into your hearts, you guys. So that's my job as a preacher to figure out how to get the word of God into the heart, into the hearts of men. It's a hard job. <laughs> how, do, how do we take the word of God and how do, how do I bring you to a place where this is actually crystallizing in your heart, you guys? Mr. or Mrs. Wright will not be able to solve your every need. It just doesn't work that way. You're not wired that way. And let me just help you with another reality. Even once you get married, I can't fulfill every need that's in Octavia's life. And the good thing is I'm not supposed to. I'm not equipped to. I don't have it in me. I don't have the capacity to do that. Married people who are marrying other Christ followers will very quickly tell you, from the husband to the wife. She does not complete me. She compliments me. I can't complete her. 
I can only compliment her. We make each other better, but I can't finish her little void. Only God can through the power of the Holy Spirit. You guys get that tonight? If you try to complete yourself with another person before you do the hard work of cultivating strong self-esteem on your own, every relationship will eventually end with disappointment and pain. Because every relationship will be an unconscious, unconscious attempt to complete yourself. So I'm just trying to say I am all for, hey, whenever the season of dating came for my life, I loved dating. I love seeing people date the right way. You see, in the right season of life. Don't get it twisted. Octavia and I dated. I dated one other person before Octavia. And it was, I mean, it was great. And, and dating Octavia, just the whole idea. You know, just, you'll experience those things, you guys. But the right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. That will end in lots and lots of pain. Statistics will tell you, and I've literally sat with young people for years and years, sharp high school students. You've got to know, statistics are against your relationship. So those of you who are dating, just know it's not going to last. I know you're the 0.1%. It's not going to last. I don't know how else to tell you so, but, but, if you, but if you understand this is probably not, you're a little less likely to give too much of your heart away. So let me help you with that. And this is the tragedy of so many teenage young people who date immaturely. You give so much of yourself away. And strings have been attached. And so it's literally like you're being pulled in four or five different directions as a 16-year-old. You should not be crying your eyes out over a boy and a girl. There's plenty of things for you to weep over. Weep over souls dying and going to hell. Weep over orphans in Africa not eating. Don't, don't be, you see, you see how stupid this is? You see how, you see how hell is so twisted? Because every single movie is about it. And every single video is about it. And every single love song is about it. It's all about And so, and so what we have to do is realize we are kingdom. We are not of this world. So that's not what I put all of my attention and my focus on. Do you guys get this? I live differently. I walk in wisdom. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. So I do life differently. And when I look back five years from now, I won't regret it. I live with no regrets. I want you to have no regrets, you guys, in this area. So as we just kind of get ready to somewhat close tonight I want to ask you this is a personal survey here if you haven't achieved an understanding of your identity you'll ultimately fall into one of two lies that will sabotage <clears throat> that will sabotage all your relationships your friendships included one I need this person to truly be complete or two if this person needs me I'll be complete and so for some of you, you'd say, Pastor Brown, I got it, I'm complete. But, 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 but you get joy in knowing that someone else needs you. You, you, you take delight in it. It, it. it kind of feels you, oh, I'm needed. I'm, she needs me. I've got to pray for her. I don't see no nail scars up in your hand, okay? Or he needs me. He would just not even. I mean, I led him to the Lord. Great. Find him a guide to be mentored and discipled. It's not God's will for you to mentor him. It's not God's will for you to mentor her, guys. Can we just be real? Figure out what mask you wear and begin taking them off tonight. Take responsibility for running your life. Don't wait on other people to help you feel more secure or whole about yourself because hell is to drift. Heaven is to steer, you guys. Allow Jesus Christ to become the centerpiece of your search for wholeness. An incredible woman of God once said this, Corey Ten Boom. She's, she's famous all over the world for helping to take care of the Jews. You guys remember, she says, when Jesus becomes all you have, Jesus all you need.
but it's not until he becomes all you have. So you've got to remove the props of of relationships and remove the props of, of sexual immorality. And whenever you're only left with Jesus, all of a sudden, Jesus will become all that you really want. Jesus will suddenly become all that you really need. Will you stand to your feet tonight? Come on, Jesus is in this place tonight, you guys. And so what I need for you to do the next few moments, we only have a couple minutes left. I want to suggest as I want every head bow, every eye closed right now in this place. Gosh, if you say, you know what? The whole identity thing, I mean, that's that's me. I need some, I need some rooting in my identity. And I'm not saying this is gonna be done in, in 30 seconds. What I'm what I'm just saying is if you, if you can just if you can get you to a place tonight where you say, I, I'm signing up to go on a journey of, of, of my identity, making sure. So help me, God, that my identity is rooted in Jesus Christ and not another person and not, and not an academic achievement or success. It's like Nico was saying earlier, it's not in what we do or what we don't do. It's in Jesus Christ. But every head bow, every eye close tonight, if you say, you know what, I'm struggling in the identity area, I want you to lift up your hands really, really high to heaven because I feel like the Holy Spirit will meet you right where you are and he'll begin to, 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 to really drive home this message of identity in your heart. You are not what you do. You are what and who Christ has called and created you to be. There's so much more than the mistakes that you've made, than the mistakes that you will make. You're so much more. So Father, I pray for every hand lifted in this place, even now, God. Every student, every leader in this place, I ask you, Jesus, that you would come and make yourself real and issue reminders to your daughters tonight. That they have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Issue a divine prophetic reminder tonight that these are your sons. You are a jealous God. You are a jealous God. You want us. You desire us. We belong to you. And you belong to us. So I pray that even now, Lord, as they say, sign me up again, Jesus. I want my identity to be in you and you alone. Holy Spirit, meet them right where they are. Meet them right where they are. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.